Hey, everybody. Lauren and I are here. Day 10 of the challenge, right? Day 10. Day 10. Day 10. If you've gotten all the way through this, you're awesome. And you can always go all the way back. They're available on our YouTube page and on our podcast page. Uh, or you can actually go to our website at 10indicators.com and you'll have access to all to all 10. So we've we really enjoyed this time with you. Hopefully you've taken some you've you've gone through the liberties of actually like the process. Hey, I've got my wheel. I've, you know, colored in in, you know, what what you know scores we've had. I've had conversations with my leadership team about, you know, what is what is a perfect score look like? So then we can all hold that image of of uh, perfection all together because that is one of the issues now that you know we haven't talked a lot about but you know the whole point of this wheel is like well what would what would high performance look like from a mission and vision standpoint from a from a quality work of the school standpoint right each indicator has that mental model and i and i guarantee you if you're not sharing that mental model out loud it's probably not going to happen right because everybody needs to be a part of your vision of what that image is. And you got to hold that image all the time up here. And that's a big part because when you do your score, your score might be down here and that's okay. Right. And then you're going to do a step-by-step, -step, you know, to get there, but never, never, never lower your uh, goal. And I guarantee you, as you get closer to this, you're going to be like, Oh, that's not high enough. And you're going to take it through the roof. That's even off the screen, right? Lauren, just out of the, out of the wheel, but that's, but that's what you need to do. Create a vision of success, Right. What does this high performance look like? Where are we now? That's why you're taking the assessment. And then what are the action steps we're going to take to get from here to there? And then, you know, slowly but surely, it's not going to happen overnight. Some of them may take six to nine months. Some of them may take two years in order to get to that point. Right. But the whole purpose is I've got clarity in my vision for the future. I understand my reality now. And everybody's aware of the strategies and the steps that we're going to take in order to get there. So. Day 10, um, take the time, go back through. You have lifetime access to these. They're on our podcast. You can go back and listen. But maybe most importantly, buy the book because we actually tell you like how to do it <laughs> in, in, in each of the steps, right? Or at least how the best school leaders are doing it. And there's nothing in this book that I have not applied myself uh, as, as a principal executive director. And this indicator 10, we're talking about uh, governance and I was a board member for 10 years or not six years sorry and I trained boards for over 10 um, and I was the state the you know when I worked for the state of North Carolina I was the governance you know expert and I've learned under really great governance leaders Marcy Cornell Feist and Dr. Brian Carpenter and Dr. James uh, Gunner like those are huge huge governance leaders uh, in the area of uh, charter school um, effectiveness so this this book like the governance chapter honestly Lauren it probably could be its own book I mean, itself, because it's really got a lot of really great uh, content and ideas and uh, strategies. So Lauren's going to pull up um, the 10. I, I think there's like nine uh, substandards here, right? Three, six. Yeah, there's nine of them. And so we're going to talk about a couple that are really important because we've noticed that the that that the scores here, right? So the overall average, you know, score uh, is is about a seven out of nine uh, in terms of this of this indicator of all the people that have taken it to this point over four hundred and you know sixty, um, and there's but there's a few that that are very you know you know consistent um, in in terms of their low score. Now remember, the board's job is to govern, right? And that's a how well 
conversation, right? How well is the education plan meeting needs of its of our kids? How well is the finance plan? And this this whole aspect of well versus will, I learned this directly from uh, Brian Carpenter, right? The, the management team talks about how we will do it. The board asks questions about how well, right? It's their job to govern the entity. And, you know, charter schools uh, are nonprofit entities governed by a volunteer set of boards. And board members have to have clarity in what's their role to the goal. You know, whatever those long-term goals are, that long-term vision are, that's it's the board's responsibility to help the organization get there, but they're but but they don't do any of it. And that's where most boards get into trouble, is that they end up taking on a role that's not a governance role, it's more of a management role, and it starts to create a fracture. Uh, so this this last indicator bullet here. You know, focusing on building a strong and healthy relationship with the head of school is so important because nothing is going to happen without trust. No trust, no unity, no uh, progress. So really, you know, this is the ninth you know, bullet, but I put it right up there at the top because I got to know what I'm supposed to do. That's my role and my responsibilities and my expectations. But then I also have to, you know, build relationships with that head of school. And what Lauren and I have, have uh, found is that uh, um, the average tenure of a of a principal, just any principal, really, in 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 North Carolina was two point seven years prior to COVID, and we guarantee it's shorter now because there's some schools that we've uh, helped as uh, consultants that have had five or six transitions of their leadership in 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 less than five years, and that's not that that's never going to create a healthy organization. But if you think about if the school leader is turning over every three years. And your board, based upon the bylaws, are probably rolling off every three years. You're, there is the there is the potential to drift far away from why your school actually was initially created. You know, uh, so it's important that there's sustainability and strong relationships, right, and growth as a board and also as a head of school, both with their single jobs, but both with their combined job, and that's to move the organization forward. Lauren, any thoughts around that? I know you were just talking about one uh, strategic um, uh, aspect of the book. Inside the book, there's always these like, you know, high performance, you know, uh, strategic tips. So Lauren was just, you know, talking about one. It kind of lines up right here, right? The board yeah. only meets once a month. <laughs> yeah. I'll share with you right here. You know, we've got these high performance strategies and all within the book. And it's just little great nuggets of, um easy things that you can take away and implement immediately. And, and one of those was um, following up with your board members after you share with them the executive report. Yep. And I just think that check-in is so key. It helps build accountability. It helps foster that relationship. The board is, um, you know, you have confidence in the board that they've read the report. They've asked you any questions in advance. It builds trust and um, confidence in the board's decision-making process. Yeah, absolutely. And we actually, if you get a copy of the book, that means you have a, a you know, a, a, a copy of all the templates that we talk about and use in the book. And one of the templates that we have that we'll make sure is in there is our executive director report. You know, we, we build, it's the one I use as a, as a head of an organization. And we, you know, it's it's based upon what are the key indicators of success? What are the performance indicators? 
that's debt that a school should be reporting on per month or per quarter, whatever it may be. Uh, and then what Lauren's you know, sharing is, okay, as the head of school, uh, you get the report done five to seven days in advance, you shoot it out, and then you reach out to each of your board members. Now, I got 15 board, board members currently, so that's a lot. Uh, but some of you maybe have five, you know, five or seven, but you just, you know, text them, hey, the report is in your hands. Please make sure you read it. Do you have any questions so we can talk about them prior to the meeting? Because there's nothing worse than two things happening. One is the board for the first time opens the report when the board meeting starts. That's not going to that's not going to create great uh, you know, decision making. And two, they're going to ask a question in an open session that may or may not <laughs> get the you know, get the confidence in the head of school. Right. They you know, heads of schools don't like to be. Uh, you know, surprised and but nor do board members. Right. So that's a, it's a constant working relationship and clarity and expectations is going to be so, so important. So board members got to be prepared for their one meeting per month, you know, their annual or I'm sorry, not their, their regular board meeting. And the head of school needs to be informing them and educating them and making sure that they're aware of the progress we made, because wherever the data tells me, that should should be my action step. You know, I should be saying, oh, well, I need a, you know, interventionalist because our reading scores are low and I was able to move, you know, uh, money in the budget. And here I showed you how I did it, right? Just educate them on what you did. Because if you leave problems up to the governing board to solve, one, you can't complain about them because you asked them to do it. And two, you're probably not going to get a strategy and a plan that that you're ready for as a head of school. So it, it's a constant conversation. And in the book, I actually talk about these, these, these four strategies to build trust and relationships, common vision goals, set clear expectations, grow together and lead, L-E-A-D, leave emotions at the door. This means as a board member, right? You, you, you wear your board hat as best as you can and you focus on governance. And as a head of school, you can't get upset when someone asks a question. I mean, it's just, you just cannot do it. Um, so this this you know chapter is really really important for the success because all all failures of a charter school can be traced back to the actions or the non-actions of the governing board. The governing board is so important. So the other other bullet Lauren and I wanted to uh, stress is the recruitment of of effective board members, and this was one of the lowest standards we found so far, and so. We believe that, you know, your goals, right? So you cast your vision. We're going to be the highest performing school in the state or in the county or in the area. Or in, you know, we're going to be STEM or whatever it is, right? I've, I've set my vision. Now I've got my goals. What, what are the goals that I'm going to achieve through, you know, a, you know academic performance? Um, maybe it's, you know, uh, you know, raising money, right? Whatever your goals are set, right? So now I've got my vision. I've got my goals. And those goals, those long-term goals should be driving the recruitment of your next board. Now, what ends up happening is someone reads the bylaws and says, oh my gosh, we're supposed to have seven board members and three just rolled off. Hey, do you want to be on the board? Do you want to be on the board? Recruiting board members should be an annual process that's very, very intentional and lined up. And again, when you buy the book and you get the the uh, resources that come with the book, our board recruitment plan is in there and you'll, and, and you'll have a copy of it and you can start to follow it. But, you know, we think that the best board recruitment process is first, it starts having them on your committees, right? 
And so if you don't have a governance uh, committee in place, your finance committee in place, like this is the best place to start to recruit future board members because you get to see how they operate. You, you get to see their you know dedication uh, to your organization. You, you, you get to see their mannerisms, right? So that's a great first step for any potential board members is to sit on a committee and, and it should be lined up to whatever their strengths are. It also helps to build succession planning, right? The second best recruitment tool is that who do you know that I should know, right? It's it's your it's it's your going out to um, uh, you know meetups and uh, you know BNI events and things like that. You say, hey, I'm a you know I'm a consultant, but I'm here on uh, behalf of my uh, charter school. We're always looking for board members that line up to one, two, three you know, skills, whatever those skills are. But I only know that because I am, I know what the goals are that we're trying to achieve. And I know who's rolling off the board because I, I know what I have to replace, right? So we just say the easiest thing to do is to build a succession plan for yourself. So if you're the, the board chair, you should be building a succession plan. If you're the treasurer, you should be building a, a, a succession plan for you as a treasurer. But board recruitment is so important. And it's just as important as uh, recruiting really strong teachers because you want you want a cohesive, uh, well-rounded, uh, values-based right group of people uh, to help the organization move forward. Lauren, what else you want to add add to the re uh, recruitment piece or any or the recruitment or the committees? I know you were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Um, my last thought that I was having was around this um, the board expectations. Mm. I think depending on. Um, different scenarios that may be occurring within your school, these expectations can change. And it's so important that the board is educated on that. I know we have a lot of schools going through the charter renewal process right now. And the board, you know, needs to be educated on what's the expectation as we're going through this renewal process. We're also assisting schools with charter applications. There's a huge expectation piece for board members that are going through the charter application piece. So um, just constantly educating them on, what's expected of them, what is their role in this scenario and and what's my responsibility there? Yeah, I mean, having a nice board board member agreement around these you know roles, responsibilities and expectations is really important. And again, by the book, you're gonna get a copy of it. So we've, we've got a, a template for you uh, that you can start with. And Lauren is so, she's, she is right on here. If I'm not clear with my role and my expectations, I'm going to lean into a role and expectations that I believe fit, right? And then now you have a rogue board member, right? But, they're, but they have good intentions. But, you know, because of the, it's assumed that they know what they're responsible for, they're just going to adhere to it. And, and that's not the case. You should have annual board training, it's the most important board meeting of the year is having some sort of annual retreat and a strong orientation plan for your new and up 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 uh, coming board members. Everybody needs to know, hey, you're going to uh, meet 10 times a year in uh, regular meetings. And this is what being prepared looks like and feels like. And you're going to serve on one standing committee and you may lead one. I mean, whatever it may be. Uh, right. You serve there. And then you may have an expectation that they're in your top top three of the tithing. You say, hey, we just you don't have to give us all your money, but we just ask that we're in your top three because we're always looking to raise uh, funds. And it and it really looks you know, better from uh, from a fundraising standpoint when our board is 100 percent you know, bought into the annual campaign or the capital campaign, whatever you're trying you know, to do. But you got to be intentional. Right. It's it's you know. 
intentional action is what's going to drive the strength of your of your charter school around your board uh, recruitment. Because if you need something, I mean, I've sat in many meetings when schools were short funds and they'll say, oh, maybe we can just, you know, fundraise a half a million dollars. I'm like, oh yeah. Do you have someone on the board who's actually done that? Well, no. So, okay, well, then you can't do that yet. But you could go find someone who could help oversee a, a capital campaign, right? Or it can help you hire someone who could do that to raise, you know, you know, the funds. And I love uh, people who raise money through bake sales and stuff, but bake sales don't create six figure annual campaigns. Like you need people that really know how to do it. And that's what boards, board members should be doing really intentional with the recruitment. So, all right. So that's all 10. So you got through all 10 that you're going to get one more video uh, tomorrow that, that is going to tell you about your next steps and how, uh, you know, we would like you to be, deeper engaged. But for now, if you haven't bought the book, you can go to Amazon right now and get a copy of it. Uh, or you can go to 10indicators.com. There's a button right there that will give you direct access to get the book. Uh, you can get a, a you know electronic version, uh, a, a, a hardback version, whatever, or not a hardback, it's a paperback, right? Uh, and then with that, you got all these resources. You got your wheel of success and a template that you can use for every single one of these indicators uh, to help grow from here to there. So for now, make sure you've scored your indicator 10 and write down your action steps of what of, of what substandards you need to work on uh, and get your book and see how can I improve these pieces right now. So thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.